Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Radio, your source for all things related to the CW's Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss the season three episode of the show titled Damage. But before we do that, we need to get to the news. The CW Supergirl has cast Defiance alum Jesse Rath in the recurring role of Brainiac 5. Half-computer, half-organic life, and boasting a 12-level intellect, Brainiac 5 is a member of the Legion of Superheroes, who travels to National City from the 31st century to help Supergirl and the DEO battle Rain. The villain that L Corp CEO Samantha Arias, played by Odette Annable, is on track to becoming. Wrath will first appear in Season 3, Episode 10, which is titled... Legion of Superheroes. So, Morgan, this is very exciting news. What what do you what do you have to say? This is exciting news. This is really cool. I don't I'm not super familiar with Brainiac 5. I've, I saw when this casting news hit, I saw so many people on Twitter just being like, yeah, and like so psyched. And I was like, yeah, I feel psyched, but I don't know why. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm feeling so many emotions, but I'm so confused. Uh, but I know that like I know Brainiac 5 has had a like a romantic connection, right? With Supergirl and like other in other Supergirl stories. That's right. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. <laughs> yeah, uh, most famously probably on Justice League Unlimited, the animated series, but uh, he's had some some uh, fun stuff with her in the comics as well. Uh, I'm personally very excited about this. I, I like the Brainiac 5 Supergirl dynamic. I think he's a very interesting character because he is sort of a, a descendant of Brainiac, who is a Superman villain, who has also had a lot of really... Uh, big time interactions with Supergirl. Brainiac has been a Supergirl villain a lot of times in a lot of Supergirl stories. Uh, so uh, that dynamic, I think, will be very, very interesting, uh, depending on how they play it. But uh, yeah, this is also bringing in more of the Legion of Superheroes. Yeah. We know we have Saturn Girl coming onto the show. And of course, Monel uh, has come and gone, maybe possibly coming back. Uh, but he is also a Legion of Superheroes, and of course we've also seen a Legion ring in the Fortress of Solitude, so there's a lot of Legion stuff that is happening, and I was really hoping that Season 3, because of the Monel connection, would go down this Legion of Superheroes route, because Supergirl has been connected uh, very, uh, very much with the Legion of Superheroes, so I'm really glad to see that they are going to explore this, and the, the Brainiac 5 news is a, a really big deal, uh, so I am 
I'm certainly very excited to see what they do with him. And uh, the Legion of Superheroes episode sounds like uh, maybe we'll get multiple. Uh, It's superheroes, not just superhero. Uh, So I'm wondering if uh, we'll get some Brainiac 5 Saturn Girl stuff uh, in the same episode. That would be really cool. And again, the CW seems to, (laughs) to want to tell us everything up front. Uh, this description uh, from TV Line <laughs> talks about how they're coming to uh, help Supergirl battle Rain. So I guess we know why they're coming. So that's not really a mystery at this point. <laughs> I guess we know exactly the timeline on when Rain goes evil. Apparently, like before episode 10, if they're coming to help Supergirl battle her. It's like, could you tell me just the amount of information? Like, that like a, a character is cast and not like the exact arc of the season, please. Like that would be great. <laughs> well, the the upside is we only have five more episodes until we get there. Yeah. So uh, we're halfway there. <laughs> so to the we're legion so of we're, we're so close. We're so close until I have I don't have to remember her name is Samantha anymore. That's right. That's right. She will just be known as Rain. <laughs> So uh, that's very exciting news, and uh, we'll we'll have a, a couple of weeks, uh, a couple more episodes uh, to find out what goes down with that. But that's that's very cool news, and that's the only news we have. But I mean, that's that's enough to carry us uh, through another podcast episode because that's uh, that's some huge news. But uh, let's uh, go ahead and get into our discussion of this week's episode, which is uh, titled "Damage." And here is the long official description of this episode. Uh, Quote, when multiple children get sick from lead poisoning, Morgan Edge points the finger at Lena and blames her creation of the lead bomb she made to save National City from the Daxamites. While Lena knows she never intended any harm, she fears there may have been a flaw in her design, leaving her responsible. Kara teams up with Samantha to clear Lena's name, but it turns out to be harder than they thought. Meanwhile, Alex and Maggie make a crucial decision about the future of their relationship, unquote. So this was a big-time Lena Luthor-centric episode, and Morgan, I know you're a, a big Lena fan, so what did you think about what, her me? in... <laughs> what did you think about her in this episode? I also... I, I'm, I'm sorry, you missed the most important part of that description, which is that Jean has a secret. And Jean <laughs> confesses an old secret. And, and he confesses it. I mean, we didn't see that. That was off screen. But <laughs> that was my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> uh, if you uh, did not listen to last week's Supergirl Radio, <laughs> you should go back and listen to it. Uh, that, that, uh, that will help clear that up. But yes... Jean confesses an old secret. Uh, it was there. You just met, you blinked and missed it, but it was there. Uh, but uh, in addition to that, <laughs> what did you think about uh, Lena Luther having to deal with uh, the consequences of her her lead bomber? So she thinks this was such a good Lena Luther episode. I loved. Obviously, I loved it. Not even going to pretend like I don't have a pro Lena Luther bias. <laughs> I am all Lena all the time. Uh, no, I thought she was. I thought she was great in this episode, and we got to see a lot of different sides of her. Um, we kind of saw her, you know, taking responsibility and then kind of spiraling a little bit when she thought that it was something that she really did. And you can see how how much it weighs on her that sort of the Luther, uh, you know, the the Lutherness of it all that that everybody sort of assumes that she is a bad person just because she has a family that's like a little complicated. Let's say they're not always like the best. Sure. Um, 
they have you know sometimes they try to like i don't know kill a bunch of aliens but maybe they're just misunderstood uh but she she knows that people judge her based on her family and she's just started to kind of win people over to her side and now she's accused of this and i think it kind of shook her because it seemed plausible enough and i i actually thought it was interesting that they I mean, they, it was interesting that they brought it up because to me, I kept just thinking like, okay, but like the, the Daxamites were literally taking over the city and they would have killed a ton of people. So, I mean, she saved them and like, it was a, a spur of the moment kind of decision. There wasn't a lot of time for them to like go into a clinical trial environment <laughs> to make sure, you know, that this was a, a safe, uh, a safe thing. It was kind of like a Hail Mary situation where this is like, this was their last chance to get rid of them without, you know, a lot of loss of life. So it kind of, it kind of brought up, I thought like a, an interesting, a really like interesting moral dilemma, which is, you know, that kind of thing where I don't know if you've been watching the good place, um, but I've been really enjoying it this season and they have a character on there talk about, you know, if you're in a, a train car and it's like, going you can only pick two different tracks and one track has like five people and one track has one person like who do you pick because you're going to kill somebody regardless and it kind of felt like a little bit of that until we find out you know the the story behind the lead the lead poisoning but it was kind of like you know in that moment maybe she would have like would she have done it anyway knowing that it was going to hurt you know this proportion of amount of people if it saved, you know, the whole city. I don't know. I thought it was an, it, it was an interesting moral dilemma that they brought up. And then at the end, they were just kind of like, or not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that moral dilemma is also addressed in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, I believe season three, when Kimmy goes to college. And it's very uh, well handled, I thought, by Kimmy when she uh, when she uh, tries to be a, a traffic guard. That's right. Oh, I completely forgot about that episode because I watched. I love Kimmy Schmidt, so I tend to watch them in like a, a giant binge haze. But then sometimes the, the episodes just kind of all blend together into this one hilarious blob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, comedy seemed to uh, like to bring that up. Uh, but this this was much more serious. I mean, uh, the, these kids were collapsing, and uh, I, I thought it was really dirty of Morgan Edge uh, because he when he goes on GBS, which I thought was a nice touch, <laughs> uh, was an an Easter egg to his character from the comics. Uh, which uh, fun fact, uh, Eric, uh, one of the sh- the episodes writers, uh, Eric Carrasco, Carrasco. Uh, said that there was a whole line of dialogue about GBS, too, that I guess they had to cut. But I thought that was nice. It was nice nod to his character. Um, but I thought it was really dirty of Morgan to, when he's on the news, set up, stage this whole charade of these these sick kids in front of the camera. And one of them was like, I know this is terrible, but I kind of joked, I kind of laughed about it because it was just so obviously trying to make you uh angry at lena because there was this there was this kid like slumped over in the wheelchair and he looked he looked like the kid looked like he was dead (laughs) i 
did notice that. I did notice that. I was like, I remember thinking, that seems a bit much. It was a little much. It was a little much. He was. He probably had like gone over to that kid before the camera started rolling. He was like, kid, slump a little more. Maybe go to sleep and make it look like <laughs> you're not moving. I just thought that was that was really. I mean. He wanted it to seem like he was caring about the kids and it was a serious issue, which it was. Uh, Thankfully, they were able to seemingly help the kids after the episode sort of wraps up that they they find a way to help these kids. But I was just like, that is dirty. That is is really playing the media, really playing uh, the the visual card to get people to turn against Lena because it really worked because one of the parents comes to CatCo and threatens Lena, and then she, you know, gets, uh, there was an assassination attempt that happens at the press conference, so everything that Morgan did, uh, no offense to you, Morgan, uh, but the the Morgan (laughs) in the episode, uh, that Morgan was really, really nasty in the way he was, he was dealing with all this. We're, we're gonna talk at our Morgan conference, and I'm like, I'm really gonna set him straight. You need to, uh, get him to, to maybe do things a little differently because that is that's below the belt. I'm gonna pick up the Morgan phone. And I'm gonna have a, a stern conversation with him. It's it's rough. He he needs to he needs to to shape up. But uh, I I really felt for Lena in this episode because she's she says things that like made me just want to you know hug her or encourage her somehow because she says she says all I ever wanted was to be good. And I was just like, I, I just, I, I felt so bad for her because she did. She had this heroic moment at the end of season two where something that she did helped save the world. She did a great thing. And then that great thing turned into this, hey, you poison children. And it turns out to be a really bad thing. <laughs> um, or so she thinks, but it, of course, it turns out it's not her fault. It's Morgan Edge who is actually actually been the one who has intentionally poisoned these children but she just wanted to do a good thing and be a hero and that got turned on her and she starts to think that she's not worth it she's not worth people being her friend she's not worth people believing in her and I just that really made me feel for Lena and I I've been somebody who wants Lena to be a bad guy because Katie McGrath is so fun to watch when she's playing a villain (laughs) And uh, I, I think Lena it, it would be a good villain just because she is friends with Kara now. And so to have that turned on Kara would be really cool in a very dramatic way. But I don't know. Now I'm actually really kind of pulling for Lena. Like I want. <laughs> you can I, do it, Lena. I want her to prove everyone wrong now. So uh, this episode maybe turned me around to to really pull him for Lena. Well, it's, it's it, the other thing that that kind of made me laugh in the episode uh, and made me feel kind of like a bad person was was I kept remembering our whole conversation from from last week where we were like, who could have foreseen that that putting a bunch of lead in the air would make people sick? <laughs> like, like, oh my God, no one could have seen this coming. I just thought that was really funny. Although, I mean, they explained it because they were like, oh yeah, Wynn and I did some calculations and like apparently our calculations were real off but but it was just kind of like lead in the air could be dangerous (laughs) (laughs) well they make a point to say that it wouldn't affect humans and that there was a a 10.21 percent 
that could maybe be bad. And so th- those chances are pretty good. But it was funny because they when they talk about like the initial the initial calculations when was like it was like nine it was ninety nine or ninety eight percent safe. And then they, when they redo the experiment, he was like or ten point two percent chance that it was really bad. I was like, dude, I'm not I'm not criticizing, but that seems kind of off like your two experiments your two experiments got way different results it was a it was an emergency situation i get it yeah i mean they 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 had to to act quickly so i give them a little grace they they did they did the best they could uh and that they they ended up doing a good thing but yeah i just man lena the scenes of her like in uh, when she's sort of crashing over with uh, Samantha, and she's like in the sweatshirt, she's out of her like Luther Power outfits, and she's like <laughs> just so vulnerable. Uh, although, also that sweatshirt was a good look. I'm just gonna say, I kind of want that sweatshirt. Anyone has that sweatshirt, <laughs> just send it my way. But uh, but I thought that it was it was interesting to see her so vulnerable and like so upset by everything. And I, I really like that. Although I was kind of like, this, Samantha's got this huge house, uh, if we're judging by her, like, fantasy kitchen in there. And and she's making Lena Luther sleep on the couch. Like, do they have some, like, unresolved issues where she's just like, but why am I sleeping on the couch? You have five guest rooms. And she's like, no, the couch for you. Okay, I have two things. Yeah. The same response. <laughs> The National City sweatshirt uh, was confirmed on Twitter by Eric Carrasco as uh, being Samantha's sweatshirt. Ah. So if you were wondering if it was Lena's, it's actually Samantha's. Yeah, because didn't Lena go to MIT? That that seems right. So Samantha went to National City University. And I agree. I think they should sell those sweatshirts. I think that should be in a store on the, the CWTV.com. It would be a moneymaker in that I would buy it. <laughs> I, I think people would buy it. I would buy it. It would make money from me. <laughs> so the, you, you've got two sweatshirts sold already. <laughs> done and done. That's I, mean, I feel like that's what they, how they make most of their merchandising decisions. They're like, would Rebecca and Morgan buy it? Done. <laughs> <laughs> I think it I think it uh, it is it's good research for them. Uh, so uh, they need to get those in production ASAP. Uh, so that sweatshirt was Samantha's, so we have that confirmed by one of the writers of the episode. Um, and also, in, in terms of the couch, we don't know that Samantha said, hey, you have to sleep on the couch. I happen to think, this is just how I viewed it, is that Lena was so down on herself that she didn't think she was worth anything, and she was also kind of drunk and out of it. <laughs> maybe she just passed out on the couch. Maybe she thought ah. I am. Maybe she, maybe she thought I am not worthy to go sleep in a really comfortable bed. Maybe I should just be on the couch and just stay here and just uh, you know sulk in this this alcohol and my and my depression and my weaknesses. Maybe she was just having a really rough time with all of this. And that's where she thought she needed to be. I buy it. 
I buy it. I think that that works. Although it was definitely not like a last minute decision on Lena's part. Like, oh, I'm drunk. I'm just going to sleep here. Because at one point, Ruby is seen like bringing out pillows. That's so true. Even, even Ruby was like, girl, you sleep on the couch. <laughs> that is true. Get, you have to get your stuff together to earn a guest room here. Okay, so that does change <laughs> my interpretation a little bit. Because maybe Samantha instructed her daughter to go get the go get the stuff and make up the couch. Hmm. Hmm. Well, you know, I'm I'm gonna if that's the case, then yeah, what the heck? These are the mysteries of this episode. Uh, slightly smaller plot holes than the uh, the hole that Supergirl busted into the uh, the Catco building. Well, you know, if that is the case, then then shame on the Arias family. They should have fixed up a really nice... I'm sure they have a guest room in there somewhere. You've got a guest room. That's a big house. (laughs) That's a big house. You have to have a guest room in there somewhere. Um, And even I think Ruby was like out staying with a friend. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Worst case scenario, just fix up Ruby's room. Uh, so, yeah, I, the only way I can justify it is that Lena chose to sleep on the couch. Maybe, maybe it was offered to her and she turned it down. And so Ruby was like, fine, I'll go get the stuff for the couch. I don't know. (laughs) I think that seems, I think that seems believable. So that's just how I justify it in my head. But I agree. Just give her a guest room. Just, just have a guest room. Just have a guest room prepared for that kind of thing. It's more chill to just put somebody <laughs> in a guest room. I mean, Lena's having a rough go of it. Nobody wants to like come down and get coffee in the morning and have to like tiptoe around you. Just sleep in the guest room. Tackling <laughs> <laughs> uh, the important issues here in this episode of Supergirl Radio. So I think I think we we've. We've dug into that. <laughs> we have. <laughs> we have explored that. Um, so we could sort of mention the Morgan Edge issue with Lena. How how do how do you think Lena handled him and 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 what she discovered about Morgan Edge and and what some of the stuff he was doing? So I was definitely I was like way on her side when she went to confront him at the hospital. I was like, you go, girl, you do it, Lena. Uh, but then like later when. Um, when Supergirl and or when Kara and um, Samantha figure out basically that it's the the pool that's causing all of these uh, all these uh, lead poisoning, um, and then call and tell Lena about it, and they mention the company, and she obviously knows it's his company. It just seems like why not? You know, why not go to the press with that? Why not like report that instead? She's like, no, I'm super drunk. I've got a leather jacket and a gun. I'm feeling bad. Like she like puts, she's like I'm gonna put on my my moderately evil makeup and I'm going out on the town time to threaten someone. And I was like, oh girl, girl, just go back to sleep on the couch. No one wants this for you. I was like, this is not your best decision ever. Those are not times to make big decisions. No, you're gonna want to sleep a little bit. Just get like a nap. Just get a solid nap in. See how you see if you feel murderous in the morning. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that is so true. And it's it's a shame nobody stayed with Lena. Maybe they all thought, hey, she's super drunk. She's passed out. She'll just sleep it off. But uh no, she decided to pack some heat. <laughs> she was she was going in there. She was going in there angry. And that's that's not when you wanna 
threaten someone with a gun. Never threaten someone with a gun. Angry? No, no. You you need to you need to be calm and threatening calm, uh, just, and threatening yeah, someone exactly. with a gun. <laughs> Because she clearly didn't even see his minion coming. Like, I feel like a, a Lena Luther who is sober and on her best Luther game is going to see that, like, a chess move, like, ten moves ahead and account for minions. But she was drunk and, like, sad. Her guard was down. She had been in her cups all evening. <laughs> she was not She was not checking for minions. You always check for minions. Always, always. Yeah, no, she's she's a good chess player. Uh, she's better than Lex, so she. I think. I think you're right. I think she would have normally seen several steps ahead, several moves ahead, uh, but this time she got into a little bit of trouble. I really one of my favorite scenes in the entire episode is when she goes to approach Morgan Edge at the hospital, which was her hospital, <laughs> and uh, he had infected all these kids, unbeknownst to her. She thought it was her fault, but uh, they are all there at her hospital. And he brings up the Cobra effect from India. And he has this great monologue that Adrian Pazdar just killed it in that monologue. Like, I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the most intense thing that he's describing right now. But these snakes and... Uh, I was very curious about that. It's a real thing. What he's talking about, the Cobra effect, is a real real thing that actually happened and um it's let's see the definition um from the all-powerful source wikipedia uh (laughs) describes the cobra effect uh as occurring when an attempted solution to a problem makes the problem worse as a type of unintended consequence which i believe morgan edge actually uh says specifically in the episode about unintended consequences so uh i thought that that was really cool i learned a little bit about the cobra effect and some of some of these terms but i thought that 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 kind of monologue that he had when he addressed lena about it i was just like oh that's a good scene really well written really well acted and um, I, I, I liked how he was tr- he was doing all this basically just to get back at her. And he was willing to poison children in order to do it. And we've had some really bad villains on this. And like bad, I, and I mean bad as in uh, morally bad, like really evil villains. We've had some, you know, we've had some good morally bad villains. We've had some good bad ones. <laughs> but Morgan Edge might be one of the worst. Like, he did a really despicable thing. He poisoned children just to get back at her. Yeah, and it was just to kind of, like, just to kind of, like, ding her reputation, too. Yeah. Like, he was, obviously, he was trying to take her down, but, like, at the end of the day, like... That's really it was it was almost kind of petty. He poisoned children. He was just like, well, n- now everybody thinks you're bad. It's <laughs> like, really? <laughs> I mean, that's pretty bad. That's that's pretty uh that's pretty like terrible person behavior. <laughs> he poisoned children using a swimming pool. Yes. Then he took then he he used the media at her hospital to display these sick children who have slumped over in wheelchairs. <laughs> I hope that he, like, sl- slipped that kid, like, a 20 to slump that way. <laughs> and then he lies to her face and says, I don't, I didn't poison children. And I was just like, you are the worst. 
And I think Morgan Edge uh, got some some respect for me as a villain because he really scared me in this episode. Because not only was he willing to do these horrible, horrible things to Lena, he didn't show any fear with Supergirl at the end of the episode. And I was like, wow. Because, you know, Supergirl could annihilate him, eviscerate him with her heat vision if she wanted to. She could take all of his limbs off. Just <laughs> She could just remove arms. She could throw him out the window. She could use her heat vision, give him all sorts of burns. And he stands there unflinching with her and threatens her to her face and I was, I, I was like, wow, you are, you're either a complete idiot or you just don't have any fear. So I'm very interested to see what they do with Morgan Edge in the rest of the season because he is a really bad guy who, he, he just doesn't show any fear. And I think that that's what makes him, for me, a million times scarier is because he he doesn't seem to uh, show any um, he he doesn't waver in the face of, of of these other people. Yeah, I like that scene a lot because it kind of shows it's sort of that classic thing where heroes are kind of hampered more than villains because villains don't have that moral compass in them. They don't care. They you know they might kill somebody if they have to kill somebody. Like you, we see him at the end. He kill he kills his lackey so that he can blame the whole thing on on him and kind of get off scot free. Um, but heroes have to they have to answer to like a higher moral code. So you know in a in a fair fight between Morgan Edge and Supergirl, there is no fair fight because she could just like you know toss him out a window or you know burn him to a crisp there you know because she's so much stronger than him but he knows that she has to you know play kind of play by the rules and she has and she's gonna she can't she's not just gonna murder him um so he has an advantage over her because he knows that she's not gonna do anything evil so he can do all this bad stuff, but she has to sort of follow the rules and and try to bring him to justice the right way. And that kind of that kind of um, gives him a little bit of an advantage right now. And so I thought that was interesting, though, sort of the, the lack of fear he showed with her. He was just like had her number immediately. And but I liked the, the way that she sort of stood up to him and was was just kind of like, you know, I'm going to be watching you and this is not over and uh, I, I think he's a he's an interesting he's an interesting villain for sure this season because I always find it interesting um, the human villains because it is it's not you know she can't get into like a slugging out fight with Morgan Edge uh, that would not go well for him <laughs> but, but uh, it's almost like it's almost harder for her because if he was like a you know like a daxamite villain she could like you know she could have a a brawl with him and then you know toss him into the deo but because he's a a civilian she's going to have to go through like the regular maybe the regular court system or the justice system uh, she can't just fight him off yeah i i agree that's a great point and he even morgan edge says in the episode that if he was up against his enemy, he would crush his enemy without mercy. 
he would have no hesitation in doing that because that's just what you do with your enemies for in his mind. And he he tells her, he tells Supergirl that he, he thinks that capes don't have what it takes. And that is, to your point, that Supergirl does hold herself to a higher standard and isn't going to sink to his level. And he knows that. And that is to his advantage in how he deals with her in the future. So she is going to have to probably outsmart him, outthink him. And uh, that that's definitely something that will cause her trouble probably throughout the rest of the season. But I, I do like that. I like that Kara has a challenge like Morgan Edge uh, for her to have to, to have to, I, I, I think it's, it's much more enjoyable to watch. I think for me to see Supergirl have to take down a villain without punching them. Like that's why, that's why I like Mr. Mizia's Pitalik. I liked that episode. Um, the Psy episode, even though she does headbutt Psy, but it, it's, it's sort of a, you know, she, she had that mind over matter situation there. So I think those villains are way more interesting, um, for Supergirl to go up against cause she can't just punch her way out of it. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I think that was what I was trying to say, but not really succeeding is that she has to use her wits yes. in, in, you know, instead of just her her brawn, uh, and I always think that's interesting. I mean, I I think it's sort of like it's the classic Superman sort of Lex Luthor dynamic as well. And uh, since I want Lena to stay good so that we can hang out with her all the time and have girls' night, I'm completely <laughs> fine with Morgan Edge being her like you know Lex Luthor slash Maxwell Lord type character. Since you know Maxwell Lord just kind of like bounced out and never came back. Where is he? He's he's hanging out. Maybe he's in that yurt. Maybe he went to the same place Kat did. You know, Maxwell and Kat had a little bit of a past. Maybe they uh, vacationed in the yurt together. They shared that yurt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a little bit of a scandalous speculation. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I I think that it would be it would be. I think it would be neat if uh, if Lena does stay good. If we get to see more of this Lena Luther versus Morgan Edge situation that's going on, because maybe even if Supergirl can't defeat him, maybe Supergirl uses Lena to help her defeat Morgan Edge. Maybe they sort of team up to take him down. Uh, because I, I think uh, even though Lena escaped the uh, death trap, the the death plane that Morgan Edge put her in. <laughs> Uh, maybe Lena needs to uh, get back at him and uh, uh, make sure that he gets uh, some some justice for that. Lena's going to be getting on her revenge leather jacket again sometime later this season. <laughs> she she's going to be more in control of her of of her uh, mind and actions. She's you know she's going to go in not having uh, been drinking and passing out and she's she's gonna be fully aware she's gonna see that minion coming <laughs> and she and she uh I, th- I think i don't think we've seen the last of lena luther versus morgan edge like I, I have a feeling in my bones that we will see uh maybe a rematch between the two of them uh so yeah I, th- I think that would that would be exciting for me. Yeah, I hope so because I do like um, I do like Adrian Pazdar and like um, Katie McGrath and scenes together too. I think that they are, they bring like a really intense energy from both sides. Where I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> everyone's glaring so intently at each other. Some really good uh, stare acting, lots of good staring, uh, lots of good intense 
uh, glaring and threatening each other. Like, I would watch a whole episode of just Lena Luthor and Morgan Edge hurling insults at each other. Yes, just uh, just the, the, all, the all menace episode, I think, would be good. I'd I w- watch it. I would be about that. Uh, so uh, we've talked a little bit about Lena's uh rivalries in this episode but she she makes a kind of another more positive connection maybe a little bit more um so we've we've kind of seen a a, a new dynamic happen with James and Lena uh so Morgan what are your what are your thoughts on how that that sort of unfolded in this episode yeah i thought her um her interactions with James were interesting i i i don't know i feel like part of it was by the end, I felt like they might be trying to steer them towards kind of a love connection. And I don't know if I'm there for that. So I don't know if that kind of colored my perception of it. Because I was just like, I don't, I don't know. You're going to have to convince me a lot more if that's where you're going with this. <laughs> but um, they did have a couple of interesting interactions in the episode. And, and they were a lot less uh, adversarial by the end of it than they've been um so far this season um but yeah it's it's interesting i do feel like like i do um every season that they are just throwing james um at the wall seeing if he sticks to anything uh (laughs) and so far eh, (laughs) i feel like they have such a hard time with that character uh they just don't they just don't seem to know what to do with him. Um, but I did think it was interesting that he was, he was sort of, uh, that she kind of went along with his suggestion, like to distance, uh, like distance herself from Catco when she was under suspicion and she sort of accepted that automatically. And then by the end of the episode, they had kind of come to a, to a little bit more of an understanding. They're like, they're, he he even told her that she could call him Jimmy and like for James, the grown man Olsen, I feel like that's a pretty big step. He's like, listen, I'm going to be less of a grown man. <laughs> you can call me Jimmy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I thought that was out oh, and poor, uh, poor, poor James gets shot again. He, he gets shot with some frequency. Uh, <laughs> but I was just like, I hope that he's got like a good mattress under that desk that he can just like really sleep it off. <laughs> <laughs> he, d- he, I, he did get the, uh, the desk back for a little bit. I know. So he's not, he's not homeless anymore. Maybe, maybe as part of their like coming to an understanding, she was like, listen, I know you live here. <laughs> I, know, I know you need this. You can have this office back. And then we missed the part where he kind of cried and like went back into his back under the desk. Yeah, I did feel bad for him when he got shot because I was like, of all the times, if only he had a shield of some sort. If only that could protect like him or... from being shot. <laughs> He's like, man, this always happens to me. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to be, you know, uh, insensitive. Uh, I don't know, hashtag too soon. Hashtag too soon. But uh, maybe being guardian in that moment would have benefited him. Uh, but he did take a bullet for Lena, and maybe that has changed some of their dynamic because he he did something for her and, and helped save her life. So I think that does open up the doors a little bit more for them to have more of a relationship. And I, I did think it was very, you mentioned that it was a, a significant step for him to offer up, hey, 
you know, you can call me Jimmy if you would like, because the only people that I, I think on the show have referred to him as Jimmy are Clark, and or at least Clark has called him Jimmy, and Lucy, yeah, his his former girlfriend. Uh, so I think for James to want people to call him Jimmy is a big step because when he moved to National City, he he wanted to be the James, you know, James the grown man Olsen <laughs> and and get out of the Jimmy Olsen shadow of who he was in Metropolis. And so James was the way to do that. But for him to go back and say, "No, you can call me Jimmy. That's that's what some of my friends call me." That's a that's a big step. So it's it's uh it's something that uh, you know, Kara doesn't even call him Jimmy. She calls him James. So um, for for Lena to, you know, be given that opportunity, I think that says something about uh, their uh, budding relationship, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so we'll have to see where that uh, goes. Because I'm curious uh, what would happen with Kara if James and Lena did decide to pursue some sort of romantic relationship. Because Kevin Smith did shoot them and block them in a in a triangle, which I hope doesn't happen, but... Oh God! <laughs> but 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 visually, um, you know, uh, James was there's there's a shot where James is on the left and Lena was on the right and Kara was straight down the middle. Uh, so the, visually, they were shot in a triangle. But I feel like that would mean that the writers would have to acknowledge the, the James and Kara uh, season one relationship, and they seem like they uh, just want to forget that that ever happened. <laughs> so <laughs> they're like, oh, we want. We want to do this love triangle, but we can't because then we'd have to reference <laughs> season one. We've worked so hard to forget that they ever were a thing. <laughs> well, we didn't forget. We still remember. <laughs> we, we were there when it happened. We were there. We remember and we are not going to let you forget it. Hashtag never forget. Hashtag <laughs> never forget. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll have to see what happens when we get there. Uh, and speaking of romantic connections, uh, I guess, I guess connections but maybe a disconnection in this episode hashtag too soon everything is hashtag too soon in this episode uh so morgan what did you think about uh maggie and alex uh splitting up and uh calling it quits oh man the the samver stuff was just upsetting just like straight up and down upsetting i was like oh no this whole episode is gonna be the breakup oh boy and then i just grabbed some tissues and i just settled in and i was like here we go just settling into my feelings getting ready um because it starts early in the episode too it's like six minutes in right like right in there like i think the first scene after um after Kara and Al uh, or Supergirl and Alex kick butt and like as soon as they get out Alex is kind of like it's happening <laughs> like you're like oh no the breakup is happening right now <laughs> like couldn't it happen towards the end of the episode after like I don't know something nice uh, and then the whole episode is the Sanvers the slow Sanvers breakup as uh, as they pack up and I just thought it was a uh, I thought it was really well done. It was very sad. It was bittersweet. It they're breaking up not because they, you know, there was some big dramatic thing that happened or they fell out of love with each other. They're breaking up because they they have different, you know, the different ideas of what they want for their future, which is like a mature reason to break up 
But I liked it that there were still the like the moments where one or the other of them kind of like questioned whether or not it was a good idea to break up. Like I think Maggie says something like, "Do you really want to? You know, do you really want to let go of our relationship for like a hypothetical child like down the road?" And I think for somebody who doesn't really want kids that would probably be something where she's like you know what we have right now is so great and do you really want to give it up for something that you know isn't here yet but for for Alex I like that the way that she explained how she had always seen herself as a mom even when other things in her life weren't clear and I think a lot of you know some people really do feel that strongly about it and um yeah, I thought that they did a really good job. I, I still have that Cindy Lauper song stuck in my head. Like, it's been stuck in my head all day. And it just comes, the sadness comes in waves. So it's been fun. <laughs> well, uh, and if you're interested, it's on the Supergirl Radio playlist on Spotify. So if you would like to listen to it, cry a little bit, you should do that. Yes. <laughs> we'll all do it together, guys. <laughs> that will be available for you if you would like to revisit that. Uh, yeah, I, I like uh, the point that you made about how um, Alex's response to Maggie when she, you know, questions her again, like, hey, are you sure about this? Alex says, if I, if I deny this, I'm going to feel it forever. Like, Maggie, uh, like Alex was so sure of how she felt. Like, she was very confident in her choice, even, even though it would mean that she would have to break up with Maggie and that, that they would no longer be together. She was that sure of it. And I, I was, I was sort of glad that she stuck to her guns and they, they both stuck to their guns. Even if it, the, what they wanted out of life didn't match up, they both uh, stayed true to kind of how they, they saw their lives happening. So I guess in that way, you know, that is to be respected of both of them that they, um, that they pursued kind of what they felt that they needed to do and that they respected each other's uh, desires and and views of the future. So I thought that 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 was good. And I I liked the way that they ended it where they uh, both sort of acknowledged what the other one uh, brought to their lives. I thought that 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 to me I thought was very meaningful that even though they were breaking up and they weren't going to be together anymore you know, Alex says to Maggie, she says, I didn't know I had it in me to be happy. And, uh, and I didn't know if I could be accepting of myself. And I never would have gotten here without you. And then Maggie says, you know, you know, you made me deal with my stuff and confront my past. And, and uh, I, because of you, I I stopped covering things up, I I didn't want to look at and I'm stronger for it. And I thought that that was really nice, that they would be able to encourage one another, even though they would have to part ways and and step away from the relationship. Like it wasn't uh, mean spirited. It wasn't um, you know they weren't uh, ag- you know aggressively breaking up. It was just a parting of ways, and they they could still mean something to each other, um, even even when uh, they weren't going to be together anymore. And I thought that that was really well handled and very mature. And uh, I, I thought that that was. It was actually very well written, I thought. Yeah, I thought that that was really, I thought that was really well done because I think that all relationships, even, you know, even probably negative ones, like they teach you something about yourself and, and this one in particular was such a good relationship for both of them. And I think that they both came out of that relationship stronger and better people. And I like that they had that moment where they acknowledged it at the end 
and it was just it was so sad and and i think that the other thing that i really liked is is when she and when maggie is walking out the door i think i think she says something like and i can't now i can't remember or like see you around danvers or something Yeah, yeah which was apparently um the same line that she said in her first appearance, I think in their first scene together or one of their first scenes together. And I like that mirroring mirroring um, always gets to me. So I was like, Oh no, the feels, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, and then at the end she tells that Alex, she's going to be a great mom, which is like, just like another knife in, in into the heart. Um, but I think, you know, right now Alex is probably questioning if she made the right choice, but I think, it was it was such a like a mature, sad breakup because no one's really at fault. It's not like, you know, somebody cheated or somebody lied about something. It's just that they want different things for their future and they made the mature choice after apparently after a lot of discussion about it that it wasn't gonna work out. And I think that there was like a lot of I think there was a lot of love in that breakup actually, um, which was really nice to see and they're just such a good they were such a good couple and such good characters and i i hope that we see um maggie sawyer again or see floriana lima on the show again because i really like that character yeah just because maxwell lord hasn't shown up again doesn't mean that maggie <laughs> maggie sawyer can't come back maggie sawyer that's who she's staying with her good pal maxwell lord <laughs> in all screensville uh with cat grant <laughs> she's in, she's going to the yurt cat was like look i've got a great idea I know a good yurt that you can go and stay and find yourself. Got a yurt available for you anytime. <laughs> That's where Maggie is going. She's going to stay and uh, find herself in the yurt. Uh, that that seemed to work out really well for Kat. I, I, I like the idea in like the Supergirl universe that like anytime anyone has like any problems in their life, they're like, I just got to go to a yurt and think about this. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, that's, that's my headcanon now. Uh, so, uh, we'll, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Um, so we've gotten, uh, uh we've talked about, uh, children being poisoned and horrible, sad breakups, uh, that were actually well written, but they're still they're still heartbreaking. Uh, so I guess the episode damage, the episode title damage, really uh, they covered all the gamuts there. Uh, so Morgan, uh, what did you think overall about this episode? I really liked this episode. I thought it was really well done. Uh, it was a cheerful episode. <laughs> I felt I felt so much better after watching it. I didn't cry at all. Uh, no, I thought it was a really well done. I like. I always like it. Um, <laughs> when they put the uh, emphasis on the female characters in this show, because I think they have a lot of really great, really strong female characters. And we had, you know, a lot of Lena. We had a lot of um, Maggie and Alex. We had a lot of Kara and even um, Samantha is her name. And I know it. Uh, <laughs> I thought that it was uh, it was cool to see the all the ladies taking uh, center stage in this one. Um and especially, I, I, you know, give me a good Lena Luther episode. I'm always going to be happy. She, uh, she got to do like the really the, the dramatic, like Supergirl rescue at the end, where she was like, she was going to sacrifice herself to save everybody from the lead uh, getting into the into the river or the water supply. And Supergirl was like, or you could just climb up and like I'll <laughs> grab you. Like you don't weigh as much as a plane. And she was like. 
oh and you kind of see her <laughs> i like them over she's like she's very defeated and then supergirl like gives her a pep talk like or don't die and she and she like gets up and she like climbs up and it's very dramatic i was like on the edge of my seat um i i really like the way that that played out and uh we kind of see lena coming out of her funk uh but this time uh not uh threatening anyone in the leather coat just you know just just surviving but was she still drunk is my question it would be great if 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 she like at the end when like supergirl is like pulling them back up to safety lena's just like could we get some taco bell (laughs) (laughs) because i was just thinking is she still drunk when she had to climb up that thing Oh, that would be bad. Like, I feel like that would be bad. Like, when I'm drunk, I can barely, like, sit in a chair correctly. Like, I'm not going to be able to do an obstacle course. Yeah, it it just kind of depends on how much she had been drinking. Uh, A a little concern. I mean, Supergirl could probably, you know, fly and and save her if she, you know... uh, tried to climb up and she she missed a step <laughs> um but uh yeah i was i was trying to think about that i was like what this did this happen is happening in the same night i think uh so yeah but but lena did you know she did offer to uh you know put put other people uh, ahead of herself which I, I thought was very noble um i i really liked this episode i thought it was a great lena luther episode i i really loved morgan edge in this one um there was a there was a moment when he he kills his his lackey and he walks back to his car and there was some music underneath that moment and i was like this better be used with every morgan edge scene where he does something dirty because oh yeah, that was like chilling. It was good. I really, I really liked that little bit of music there. I, I thought that that made him even more evil than he already was. Um, so I, I thought he was a great villain, and uh, I, I thought the uh, car and Alex stuff was pretty great, especially the uh, opening sequence when they they sort of save the day together. I thought that that was um, it almost felt Adventures of Supergirlish to me. Uh, not the, not the episode of the TV show, but the Sterling Gates comic book series, um, where they would sometimes you know, they would have to team up and do something together, and I really liked that. I liked seeing Supergirl and Alex uh, get to take down some bad guys together, and uh, it was it was almost like no big deal. Like they just kind of walked away from the 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 bus, and they were like talking about the breakup with Maggie, and I was like. You just took down these bad guys, and it was no big deal. So it was kind of funny in that way. But uh, I, I thought that um, the way that Kara sort of tried to help pick up the pieces with Alex at the, at the end was very sweet, too. So it was nice to see the uh, Danver sisters getting those those moments as well. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our discussion. Uh, but let's find out what our listeners had to say about damage. At Mad About a Girl said, enjoyed it. Well written and directed. Sad to see Sanvers end, but it was a realistic breakup. At Lawyers Are Good Too, <laughs> which is a great Twitter name. I don't know why that makes me laugh so much. Um, said, I feel bad for the next person to be Alex's love interest. Gonna be big shoes to fill. And then like those eyeball like looking emojis. <laughs> uh, good emoji use there. Um, at Off Course Pod, <laughs> which is also a good Twitter the name it said i really wanted Kara to drop morgan on the edge 
uh, of the top of Mount Everest. <laughs> that's a that's a solid pun. And leave him there. Adrian Pazdar is doing a great job making Edge despicable. Kara, Lena, and Sam have such a great friendship. It will be heartbreaking to see it end, but interesting to see how they become enemies. Yeah, I realize I didn't talk about <laughs> after you tweeted about how much I was going to love the uh, the girls uh, scene at the end. I didn't even talk about it. Um, I did love it though. It was great. Well, I, I just I, I know that you <laughs> in. in Enjoy the the women on the show just sitting back and, and get, getting a bottle of wine out there. Yep, just chilling out, doing some hugs, drinking some wine, <laughs> <laughs> as you do. Uh, it is my brand, and I accept it. <laughs> um, at Madtown Davison said, good episode. Feel really sad about Alex and Maggie. I really like them together. Um, at Little Hopi said, really enjoyed the Lena storyline, but I am sad about Sanvers. Um, at Matt Rojas said, Lena was willing to die to save herself. All uh, she ever wanted to save everyone. Oh, to save everyone. <laughs> yeah. It would be different if she, I don't know how you would be willing to die to save yourself. That's a, that's a puzzler. <laughs> uh, Lena was willing to die to save everyone. All she ever wanted to be was good. And she is hashtag not all heroes wear capes hashtag somewhere Louis Vuitton. <laughs> That's good. Um, at Super Thorough uh, Twenty said, "Shout out to Eve looking out for e- uh, for Lena. Love their Etta Candy and Diana dynamic." Yeah, we didn't mention we didn't mention Miss Tessmarker. She was in this episode, but I mean, she I guess she was looking out for Lena, but also she clearly let that really angry father like right in the building. Uh, so I feel like the security on her end of the job is a little bit lacking. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, to 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 be fair, that's not really her job. She's not the yeah, security not uh, personnel, but she did sort of duck and run when uh, that that mad parent came into Catco. Yeah, she was just like, "Oh, uh, later, guys, bye." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, maybe she was running to get. To get security. the security. Let's yeah. give her that benefit yeah. of the doubt. Yeah. Let's go with that. Um, at Jesso13 said, really enjoyed it. Excellent acting by all. It was sad, but they handled Sanvers really well. Loves Lena's storyline. Everyone needs a hug. Uh, that's accurate. Um, at Kaya underscore Matsui said, I really hope that next time Alex asks the kids a uh, question on the first date instead of waiting to get engaged. Still hate that storyline emoji face palming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like, but so to me that that part of the storyline actually kind of tracks with how um, rapidly their relationship kind of progressed, which is like they like Alex just kind of jumped all in and they sort of didn't like didn't get do those like getting to know you kind of deep dive discussions so it felt a little bit um realistic for their relationship to me that it was like oh did we not talk about kids before that engagement yeah well maybe maybe alex has has learned her lesson with that i i i would imagine so i feel like that's going to be vetted on like (laughs) the first date now Um, at Patty Mello 20 said, I want a Lena Luther spinoff. She's the best. May we meet again, Maggie. It was great to meet such a good character. Hashtag RIP Sanders. Um, at Enrique 
VBJR said, Sanford's breakup was sad, but I wish the friend Maggie was staying with turned out to be Kate Kane slash Batwoman. You don't know. Maybe it was. Headcanon, accept it. <laughs> Maybe Maggie goes over to Kate Kane's apartment and Kate's like, hey, Cat Grant hooked me up. Let's go to the yurt. <laughs> Yeah, you, I, you know what? That seems exactly like what happened. Head <laughs> cannon also accepted. She's like, "Hey, I've got this yurt. <laughs> How you doing? I buy it. Yeah, yeah. Seems seems plausible." Um, at shop twenty three said, "Really good episode. Cool to see Sam becoming more Kryptonian. Luther's getting an invite to call James Jimmy. Curious. Hashtag." grown man hashtag r.i.p sanford <laughs> i like that hashtag grown man is <laughs> it's just like it's funny to us but also just borderline creepy like, <laughs> which every hashtag should be um at rantasmo one said not really interested in the james olsen and lena luther relationship they just seem to throw james at whatever storyline they want um, at Mark HBPWM said, how long was that day between the shooting and Ruby going to bed? Or are we in soap opera land and trying to make sense of timelines is a fool's errand? Or maybe supervillains don't change clothes for days. <laughs> I feel like I should address that since it's soap opera land uh, <laughs> ha- has been. Rebecca? <laughs> uh, I-, I am an expert. Um... This is soap opera corner with Rebecca. <laughs> I, you know, soap opera land have, I mean, they do have timelines. Uh, they may stretch out uh, a period of time over six months <laughs> on soap operas. <laughs> you can, you can uh, come into a soap opera at any given time and it's almost like you never left. Uh, but it seems like most of that happened on Supergirl in the span of a day. That's That's kind of how I took it. It was like... The, the press conference that Lena did with the Morgan Edge uh, news report, I think that happened maybe earlier on in the day. And then the stuff with the plane and all of that was like later that night. Yeah, I think that's that's probably the timeline. But maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it's a fool's errand. Don't overthink it. Uh, we'll just go with whatever happened. Now I just got the best idea. So I'm, I'm pitching this right now to the Supergirl writers. They can take it if they want it. At the end of the season, Lena Luther drives through a church <laughs> in her in her revenge leather jacket to get Morgan Edge. Maybe she's also got a wedding dress on. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just through that church window on a motorcycle. I, I want to watch that episode. I think that should I think happen. That would be a good one. I mean, we 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 have had uh, rushed engagements before on the show, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. So maybe maybe things progress with James and Lena very quickly, and uh, maybe she uh, gets a wedding dress, and uh, maybe she just somehow knows how to ride a motorcycle. And uh, yeah, I think that should happen. Yeah, because uh, if we're if we're gonna go, you know, full soap opera. That's how you do it. Let's do it. That's how you do it. So, um, free idea. Uh, <laughs> free think, idea for I th- you. <laughs> I think that's a good one. Uh, so, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see if uh, soap opera land gets translated into uh, a <laughs> national city. Um, at Ale Do said, "Am I the only one who finds uh, who finds it funny 
that Sam has that big house and yet she's making billionaire Lena Luther sleep on the couch la- uh, like laughing emoji hashtag rain is evil her her villainous ways are that she puts people on the couch instead of offering uh, a guest bedroom she is a monster <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, and we have an email from a listener named Rachel who writes, quote, I enjoyed Damage a lot. It was certainly a very emotional episode with Alex and Maggie's relationship and the question of Lena's true alignment at the forefront, as well as more good stuff from Sam. However, since it was officially announced, I would also like to say that I am very excited about the Legion's upcoming appearance in Season 3, Episode 10, especially the arrival of Brainiac 5. Do you have any speculations as to who else could be joining him or what kinds of interactions could form between him and Team Supergirl, unquote. Uh, Morgan, do you have any uh, speculations about uh, Brainiac 5? I know, I know you said you didn't have a lot of knowledge about him, but do, do, you, have any, uh, do you have any thoughts about him, him coming on to the show that, uh, that you want to share with Rachel? Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if there's going to be some, uh, some romantic tension between, uh, between him and Supergirl, just given the... Um, just given the zero amount that I know about him, uh, but have heard through the uh, through the grapevine about his other um, his other appearances. Yeah, it could be a lot of fun if he happens to develop a little crush on Kara. I think that that could be a lot of fun. Um, in terms of who could be joining him, I I don't want to go into things. I you know people ask me all the time. Well, what do you think about this? You know, what are your speculations? What do you hope to have? you know, hope to see in this story or this movie or this TV show or whatever. And I'm like, well, I don't, I usually try not to have a lot of expectations on things. I like to go into things, low expectations. That way you're never disappointed. Um, but I think the fact that Saturn Girl is coming onto the show as well, that's been an official announcement that they've made. I think it's, I mean, it seems possible that Saturn Girl and Brainiac 5 might be coming from the future together to uh, help Supergirl. Um, but I don't know. I wonder if they will, if somehow Monel is with them, uh, that, that could be really cool. If maybe Monel from the future is like a fully formed Legion of Superheroes, uh, character now with, with the cape and everything. Uh, so it could be interesting if Monel, when he comes back, if he's a little bit different, uh, I, I could, I could be into seeing that. So, um, we'll, we'll have to see. I don't know, uh, what else will be going on with Brainiac 5? But uh, we don't have too long <laughs> to wait, just a, a few more Yeah, episodes. clearly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and we also didn't really talk much about the Sam stuff, but she is uh, bulletproof that we found out in this uh, week's episode. Sweet deal. So yeah, good for her. She didn't end up like James. Yeah, exactly. James could learn a thing or two. <laughs> poor, poor James. Poor Jimmy. Um, Leslie wrote in to share some predictions she has for season three. She thinks that Monel is the one in the ship at the. Uh, speaking is hard. Uh, she thinks that Monel is the one in the ship at the end of episode four. That he went back in time in a wormhole and came back to Earth, setting um, a time to wake up when he knew she would be there. I guess she would be Supergirl. Uh, y- yes. Yes. <laughs> I think so. Um, that's that's an interesting interesting speculation. Uh, because we don't know who's in that ship. Uh, but it's it's something, something or someone. So it could be. It could be. Um, she thinks that Alex will decide to have a baby on her own. Um, she thinks Ruby will die and help Sam to become Rain. 
And she also thinks that Monel and Kara won't be together romantically until the end of the season. Yeah, I, I, I think Kara and Monel will probably reunite at some point. We don't know when we'll see him again. Uh, but it seems like a good payoff for Kara that maybe, you know, she, she thinks she won't ever see him again. It would, it would be nice if, if she did get to see him again. Or maybe when he comes back, he's very different. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have to see how that goes. I know some of us are not mon positive or even mon, <laughs> mon neutral. For those of us who are mon negative. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm mon positive personally. Uh, <laughs> so I would like to see him again and uh, see Kara, you know, get a happy moment with him. But we'll, we'll have to see what happens. Um, Ruby dying to uh, uh, get Sam to become become Rain, I, I think is a, a strong possibility. Because uh, I am curious about what makes her what makes her get there. Is it something she chooses to become Rain, or uh, does she uh, become Rain because she can't fight who she is anymore? I think that that's going to be an interesting dilemma that Samantha will have to face at some point because she continually is discovering things about herself that she doesn't understand. So I'm I'm curious if becoming rain will become will be a choice for her yeah i think that's going to be interesting i'm i'm interested in how that storyline is going to unfold i think ruby dying is kind of like the most obvious way to make her become rain so i kind of hope that they do it in a different way because i think we've we've seen the uh you know the loved one dies and therefore the other you know the person becomes evil so many times on so many different movies and tv shows i'd kind of like to see them like choose a different story yeah it is a little bit of a trope uh so we'll have have to see i'm very very curious how that will work out uh and so before we wrap up our feedback we have some snap judgments uh it's very popular with the listeners everybody keeps uh sending us in some snap judgments so uh this one uh, so, so these are sent in by a listener named Kaya. Yay! In the game of Snap Judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended, and explanations are unnecessary. So the first one, Morgan, is... Right. Uh, here's, here, here we go. Uh, so the choice is having Lucy Lane back for an entire season or have Lois Lane for one episode. Oh God. Um, Lucy. I'm going to go Lois. I I think we, we may have had one, uh, this, this might've been a snap judgment similar to one we've had in the past, but I think it's one we can always revisit, uh, because it's, it's the quandary. We, we need a lane on the show. I feel like it's a tough one. I'll, I mean, I'll take any lane, but <laughs> a- anyone you want to throw out is is good by us. All right. So our next snap judgment is fight white Martians on Mars or visit the ruins of Krypton. Krypton. I'm gonna go Krypton. Uh, the last snap judgment that we have uh, is. Meeting the Batwoman from this universe or having Black Canary, a.k.a. Katie Cassidy, alive on this earth. Oh, gosh. Um, Hmm. Batwoman? See, I don't even have to think about this one. Yeah, because I, I felt like you were gonna you you were gonna take the other one, so that one's well <laughs> well covered. <laughs> well, I mean, we don't have to go opposite ways. We can agree on things. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I would definitely choose Black Canary, uh, uh, you know, Katie Cassidy's Black Canary specifically. Uh, I don't think that they love me enough 
uh, to allow that to happen because that would be my ultimate dream for Katie Cassidy to be Black Canary on Supergirl. Could you imagine like saving Katie Cassidy from that whole situation, just moving her right over to Supergirl? <laughs> Earth-38's Black Canary should be Katie Cassidy and she should be a series regular. Goodbye, Arrow. Goodbye. <laughs> Just to make me happy. She gets to go to girls night and drink wine. Doesn't that sound amazing? That sounds amazing <laughs> sounds to me. good. That sounds let's good to it. me. Um, so let's make that snap judgment uh, become <laughs> a reality. No judgments on your snap judgments. I think that's going to do it for our thoughts and all the feedback that we got on damage. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can always call us at call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play and iHeartRadio. And we have a playlist on Spotify, so you can go check that out. It's completely updated with all of the episodes this season. So we've got all of the sad music that will tear your heart out and also some some fun jams. There's some, there's some good tunes on there as well. Uh, and we are also listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. We are available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you've got some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. And if all of this is really overwhelming, because I know it's a lot of information, you can find all of these links on supergirlradio.com on the right side of the page. Supergirl Radio is part of the DC TV Podcast Network, so if you like Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, classic DC TV shows, and the upcoming Black Lightning, Krypton, and Titan shows, you can subscribe to DC TV Podcasts on iTunes and follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter. And also, you can go ahead and like DC TV Podcasts on Facebook. Dang, Morgan, you've nailed that. Ooh, I know. I like. I, I added a little, little, some verbal flair in there at the you end. You crushed it. Hashtag, hashtag crushed it. I've been practicing. Uh, I'm impressed. <laughs> Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid. That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. Uh, I'm kind. I'm trying to lay low uh, from Twitter because number one, Twitter is the worst, and uh, accurate. <laughs> and number two, uh, Justice League is coming out soon, uh, so I'm trying to stay as spoiler free as possible. Uh, so we'll we'll see if that is something I can achieve. Uh, but, uh, if you want to celebrate, you know, and get excited about the Justice League movie, I have scheduled some tweets so I don't actually have to be on Twitter. They'll just pop up and you'll see them on my feed. It's just a fun way to, uh, get excited with other fans. You can post gifts, pictures, whatever, um, and, uh, create some threads because that's what Twitter is good for is to, you know, create a thread and so you can see all that stuff. Uh, so if you want to participate in that, you can follow me at DerbyKid and uh, reply to those. Uh, you can also watch videos of mine over at YouTube.com slash DuckMilkProd. That's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. I have a video series on Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. So if you want to revisit that before Justice League, you can do that. I'm also a contributor to JLU Podcast, which you can find over at JLUniverse.Podomatic.com. There's all sorts of DC film stuff there, too. There's a... Uh, uh, Man of Steel stuff, uh, Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, and uh, we'll probably be doing a Justice League 
pre-show before the movie comes out. So uh, check that out if you're interested in those films. Uh, You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. You can also find me as a co-host of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Our schedule is a little bit, I like to call flexible this season (laughs) on Legends of Tomorrow um, because one of our co-hosts, Amy, is in a play. So our episodes drop um, sort of randomly. Uh, I feel like it's it's exciting. It's like an Easter egg. Like, where are you going to find it? When's it going to be? I don't know. I really don't know, um, so I can't give you a, I can't give you a date. Our, our episodes are going to drop; they just are. Uh, so you should subscribe this way. At some point, it's going to pop up on your iTunes screen. It's going to say, "Hey, you got a podcast." There you go, Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> TBD. TBD is the day you can listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, it is good to be subscribed because then you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to go and and find the episodes. You don't have to wonder when they're going to pop up because they'll they'll just automatically pop up if you're subscribed. So uh, make sure you do that so you don't you don't miss a Legends of Tomorrow podcast episode when it shows up randomly and 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 with a great surprise and anticipation. Uh, you'll you'll never miss an episode if you're subscribed. Exactly. Do that thing. <laughs> do that thing. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio on the Season 3 episode titled Damage. But if you want to hang out for a quick spoiler section, we will be doing that after our theme music. But until then, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Morgan Glennon. And we hope you feel better, Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> Thinking I would never feel at home on Earth. You're not the only one with a secret. Mom? Supergirl. All new episode next Monday at 8, 7 central on The CW. And we are back. And what you just heard was the audio for what's coming up on Supergirl. The next episode is called Midvale. The official description reads... Quote, Kara and Alex head home to Midvale for a little R&R. While there, Kara recalls a painful memory of a childhood friend's death and how that traumatic experience brought the Danvers sisters closer together, unquote. And Jean confesses an old secret. Yes, obviously Jean confesses an old secret. Uh, This time, it's going to be a real big part of the episode, I'm telling you. (laughs) Um, yeah, so this, this sounds like a really, uh, for, uh, first of all, uh, a Danvers Sisters-focused episode, but it also sounds uh, pretty, uh, 
pretty painful, really emotional. What what in this description uh, is sticking out to you that makes you excited about next week? Well, I mean, since this episode we just watched was so lighthearted and fun, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking for <laughs> I'm looking forward to some dark emotional stuff. No, um, uh, the Danvers sister stuff I think is going to be really great. Um, I'm looking forward to learning more about little Kara and little Alex. I think that's going to be really fun. We've heard some stories about their childhood growing up and we've heard um, some things about their past, but being able to see it, I think is going to be pretty cool. Um, and I like the idea of Kara and Alex, like going on a road trip back home to like rediscover their roots. I think that's going to be pretty fun. It kind of reminds, it reminds me of a, uh, Avengers of Supergirl, actually. Um, there's that one ep- that one issue where Kara and Alex go on like a road trip. It's gonna it, as soon as that that happened in this episode, I was like, oh my god, Avengers of Supergirl. Yeah, it's very similar where they they get in they get in the vehicle and take a road trip. Get in the car. I wonder if they're gonna borrow Jean's car. Maybe his secret is that he doesn't want anyone to eat anything in the car, so they can't get any road trip snacks. You know, I I could see that happening. Uh, I I think that would be pretty awesome. Uh, it looks like in the promo that they did uh, that they are in the car. Uh, so that that must be nice to know somebody who has like an antique car slash shape shifting spaceship. <laughs> I mean, that's the dream. That must be really nice. Although Kara doesn't really need a car, she could fly wherever she wants to. Uh, but it's nice that she's like, no, I want to travel with my sister. So that's good for them. Maybe maybe this will be some good R and R, rest and relaxation. If you don't know what R and R means, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm excited about the Danvers sisters and, and getting to see more Midvale in uh, their past, and maybe we'll get to see some Eliza. Oh yeah, that'd be great. The show needs more Helen Slater. I don't think we say that enough. All right, well, I think that's going to do it for our spoiler section, but uh, thanks for listening, and we'll be back with a new episode discussion next time on Supergirl Radio.